Hi, you're listening to the Build Your Digital Community Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Bartold, the co-founder and co-CEO of The Social Snippet, a social media agency focused on business owners growing their digital communities. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things digital community building so that you can grow your network and ultimately your business. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Build Your Digital Community. I'm your host. I am Christina, and I'm so excited to be here today. And this is another solo episode. I I don't do a ton of these, but I'm leaning into them more and more. And I asked our audience what they wanted to hear from us, and I got some amazing responses. And actually, as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, my hair is wet. I am like in the zone. That is how I work best. But why I like wanted to jump on here right away was because I had a lot of thoughts about this question and I took a shower, I took some notes and then I was like, no, I'm just going to do this now rather than like prep to do this over the weekend. So it's a Sunday evening, I'm recording this and I'm excited to talk to you about this. And this exactly topic that I'm talking about today is about scaling your business, especially if you're working in a bit of an agency model. So this was a question that I got from a bunch of folks because the truth of the matter is, is is a lot of people who listen to this podcast are actually social media managers, which I think is really cool. Maria and I have only been in business in this business for about two years. We love it. You know, it's thriving. It's really exciting, but we didn't start off in an agency model. We grew to that point. And so it's really important to be able when you're thinking about, you know, growing your business, trying to figure out like, how do you want to scale it? What that looks like, what you could be thinking about is, is moving towards an agency model. And that's not necessarily a social media agency. Like if you do other type of marketing, we know we have lots of friends with marketing agencies. You know, if you're a personal trainer, having other personal trainers under you, like different things that you could do to, you know, bring on some new team members that can help you with the load where you're not necessarily trading your own time for money. And so one of the questions that we got was kind of how did we get to a point where we were ready to scale to be an agency? And this is a really interesting story, I think anyway, and hopefully you'll find it interesting too. But why I think it's so interesting is because we never thought, and in a way always thought that it was going to go this way, right? So when we started as uh, social media managers kind of together, we knew one day we would probably have a team of some sort, but we had no idea what that looked like. So we didn't have a lot of thoughts on like, okay, you know, we'd have social media managers. We thought maybe we'd always be the social media managers and we'd have graphic designers on the team or we'd have copywriters or, or different things like that. But what we've been finding more and more is that we really started to to realize like as we grew in volume it just wasn't sustainable to be working the way that we were working you know we i was still in my 9 to 5 um luckily maria was now full time in our business and if you don't know the story of, of Maria and I, a big reason like why we came together was I'm really strong in strategy and in writing and Maria's really str- strong in graphics. So it was really hard for us because essentially we were both working with both clients all the time. So all the clients, we were always working with both of them. So it would be like, I would work with everybody. Maria would work with everybody. I would do all of their writing and their strategy. Maria would do all of their graphics. So it essentially was really great because early on our our clients got a ton of attention from both of us and we're like definitely working within our zone of genius. And, you know, we didn't have to like, I wasn't making a lot of graphics. Maria wasn't doing a lot of writing. We were really kind of sticking in our space. But at the same time, it got to a point where very early on, like probably three months in, where we were like, oh, maybe we both don't need to be working with all the clients. Like maybe it would work well enough for, you know, I have my own clients and I relay messages back to Maria about the graphics and Maria does vice versa on on the captions and the strategy. And then we soon realized that 
actually it made the most sense when someone could do the whole kit and caboodle. And just because we both didn't want to be doing the full the full thing, didn't mean that there weren't super talented people out there that we could teach how to do strategy that were really talented copywriters and really talented graphic designers. So when we are talking to people about like why they should scale or, you know, is it time to scale? A big thing to ask yourself is like, do you have the volume of work that you can pay another person? And that's hard, especially at the beginning, especially if this is your full-time gig, right? Like you've probably grown accustomed to a lifestyle or an income level that is a bit different than, and than probably before. And, you know, you might pay for subscriptions or perhaps you pay for some kind of personal development, but you're not really paying for people. And people are like some of the biggest expenses out there, if not the biggest, right? Like there's so many pieces to it. It's not just like, oh, you're paying them and it's like, oh, they work hourly and, and it's their hourly rate. Like typically you pay to train somebody, you pay to interview them, like the onboarding process, you pay for mistakes. Like, you know, I, like all of these things that, you know, it's not as easy as, oh, that person is going to, I think work X amount of hours. I'm going to pay them that much. So really what we needed to figure out when we we started to get down this path was, you know, what did we want to be doing with our time and where were our, our gifts best used? Because for me, my gifts aren't best used. Like, you know, I'm great client facing, but I don't have huge attention to detail. So I like know that about myself. Maria's kind of the same where, you know, we, we didn't want to be posting. Like we were at the point where, you know, we had so many clients that we were like missing posts and things like that. Like just speaking honestly. So what we really had to realize for ourselves, like as we decided to scale into like agency format was, you know, what were the things we liked doing that brought us joy that were revenue generating things? And what were the things that weren't any of those things and were things that we could outsource to someone who was better at it than we were. And even if they weren't better, Dan Martell from, um, who wrote, uh, buy back your time, he talks about this, like even 80% as good as you is still better than you trying to, you know, burn the midnight oil and do it yourself. So trying to find people that you're able to outsource to is, is a really big deal, but it's about choosing, choosing right. And so what we did was we, we kind of did an audit on our time. Like what were we spending the most time doing? How was our money best used? Like what made the most sense? And we got to a really good place with it where we felt, we felt pretty confident. And so what we started to do was hire slowly. And just to tell you a little bit about our structure now, in case you're interested, like a big piece of our structure now is that we have a team of really, really talented social media managers. So we train them, they do everything, like they work directly with the client. I might provide some guidance on strategy. Maria will definitely provide some guidance on strategy, but like really they are, they're quite good. And so they'll work one-on-one uh, -on -one with clients. So that isn't how we started. Our original hires were people who we could hire to just do a bit of copywriting, do a bit of graphic work, do a bit of this, do a bit of that at an hourly rate. And we found that that did definitely work, but it was disconnected from the client experience. And actually our issue was that we had too many clients. So I love client facing work. Like it, I still have a client, Maria doesn't anymore, but like, I love working with our clients. I do all of our sales. I do all of our like gift giving. Like I love, love client work. I love people work. So what we did was when we started hiring people for hourly, it, while it was still really helpful and the people were awesome and still so many of those people still work on our team to this day, we realized that it was probably not the best experience for the client. And so we wanted to get even like more finessed on what that would look like for them.
So we started hiring slow and figuring out what we needed. So we tried something for four months and we tried something else for another four months. And then we got to our current social media manager way that we work now. And what's so interesting about the way that we work now is that truly the hardest part of our work or the most difficult to replicate is the client facing work, right? Because when I'm selling to a client, often a client wants to work directly with like with me, which is such a like a compliment. Like I love, I love that people are excited about the stuff that we're doing or they really respect us. Like that's um like having gratitude for that. But in the same way, it just wasn't possible anymore. We were like at that point, like thinking about when we started to outsource, we probably had 10 or 11 clients, right? So it just wasn't reasonable for me to have 10 or 11 clients. And then by the end of it, like if, if say we had kept up the way we were keeping up now, we have over 50, right? Like I, like I, that would be 50 hours a month alone in just meetings for like clients like to meet with like about the month ahead like never mind creating everything right so sure like we'd probably have more profit and and I'd probably have more money in my pocket but I don't know that my quality of life would be better in fact I know that it would be worse so starting to ask ourselves some of those things like who could work client facing who do we trust client facing and so we started slow right so we started hiring people and mostly people we knew like people we knew who had social media backgrounds, people who we thought might be interested in this type of work, people who found this kind of work exciting, people who were naturally creative. And if they didn't know how to do something, we would just teach them. So, you know, if they were like new to Canva, Maria might jump on with them. If they were new to captions, I would jump on with them. Like we would teach them how to do these things. And then, so we started with like one person and then two people and then four. And then now we have a team of like with our engagement people, like over 20 people. And that has been amazing, but training has been imperative for that. So when we were scaling to our agency model, like it was hard. Like originally it was like, okay, well, what, what do people need to know? Because often when we have our own gifts, like we think everything's common sense, right? Like when I look at somebody's business, I know exactly how they can market on, on social media. It's like my inner wisdom. I'm like, this is exactly what you need to do to be successful on social. I can just see it. But not everyone sees it, and that's why they come to us, right? Like, in the same way, I don't work on my own teeth because I'm not a dentist, right? A dentist knows what they're doing. So that's something to think about is, like, really trying to figure out, like, okay, what was the brass tacks that people needed to know to be successful with our clients and for them to be able to move the needle forward on our business? Because I'll tell you now, in our current model, there are people who work with our social media managers that, like love them so much that like Maria and I could have never probably met these expectations. Like in, in the best way, they're so talented. Like I can think of Marley on my team. Like Marley's amazing. So many of our clients who might be listening work with Marley or have worked with Marley in some capacity. She's so talented, but I'm, I'm not Marley and Marley does a great job with her clients in the same way. Marley's not me. And I do good work with my client too. Right. But really trying to figure out who is right for clients and how they might jive together. So a big piece of this was, was client facing work, like trying to figure out who could work with clients and training them to do that. So all of our social media managers go through a training that we pay for. They do sample work. They work on our account. Like we've created really strong systems to keep them from client work initially because we have hired people and it hasn't worked out before it's gotten to that stage. And I would never want to lose a client over that. So really making sure that I'm happy to lose 500 bucks and know that someone's not good fit for our team 
then put them in front of a client and they're not be a good fit for the team. And then maybe like, oh my gosh, like now that client's upset, right? Like client experience is paramount, especially we work hundred percent on referrals. I've never paid for an ad. So that's really been important. But knowing that, you know, while you're training, asking questions, asking feedback, asking like, Hey, what else do you feel like you need to know to be successful? Like, what else are you like missing? Like what would make you feel more comfortable? And that's something that I think we're always scared to ask, right? Like when we're training something or we're like, we're really like burning it and we don't really have much left in us. You know, it feels like just another thing to be like, Hey, like curious how you like what I'm doing. Or if you like the training, it's like, no, it's, it's asking these questions so that you can do better and you're even better for the next client. And that is really, really crucial. The other thing is knowing that mistakes are going to be part of this. So I love, love, love when things go well the first time, right? Like we all do. We all want, like when we're making change in our business for it to just go so, so well, it won't always, and we need to be ready for that. So mistakes are a huge part of that. And so for example, like we've made mistakes, right? Like not only hiring mistakes, we have an amazing team and hiring mistakes are just as much us as they are another person. Like sometimes it's just fit, but like, Hey, we didn't set them up for success. We didn't teach them how to do something they needed to know how to do. Oh, we didn't know that not everyone didn't know how to use Google Calendar. We didn't know that. Like, you know, I thought it was common sense. It's not. I, but it's because I'm so used to it, right? Like, we didn't know that. So it's like always trying to figure out exactly what somebody might need to be successful in our work. You know, my husband, for example, my husband works with us. And when he started working with us, he had never used Google Suite before. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. Like, I've been using Google Suite, like, since I was, like, 14 years old, right? But it's my gift, right? The tech. And so us being able to figure out like, okay, what do people need to be successful? And then us recognizing when we've made mistakes that haven't set people up for success. So that's a really big piece of it. And the other thing is like not being afraid to hit reset. So, you know, when we started a big piece of what we did was that like, like partial roles, right? Where someone would do some copywriting or they would do some video or they would do some of this. It just didn't work. It caused way more management for us on the front end. Like we were still so involved providing so much direction and it was almost at the point where we were providing so much direction in some, in some cases that it just actually made much more sense for us to be doing this ourselves. And so that's not a good use of time, right? Like that's not really like probably ideal state. So if we're working towards an ideal state where we're delegating to the point where, you know, we're not providing a lot of guidance, like for example, like my teammate, Lorena, like Lorena runs the whole podcasting side of our business. Like I, I don't do much more other than invoice people and, and do my own podcast, but she's so excellent at it and she knows exactly what's going on and she knows exactly what people need. And so that's great, but that wouldn't have come without us trying out a bunch of different structures, right? We've tried a bunch of different ways. Maybe Lorena just owns this piece. Maybe Maria owns this piece. No, Lorena can own this whole thing. And now we're working towards even a different model where Lorena's more strategic and we have other people who are doing a little bit more of the doing. And that's also working out really quite well. So always trying to find ways to continue to hit reset if we need it on an idea. And not being married to a good idea that you had, right? Like I have had good ideas and I'm putting good in, in quotation marks in this business that I still think are good ideas, but might not be where we're at. So it might not be what exactly what we need. So for example, Lorena had an amazing idea about podcast managers that we should replicate our social media manager process. And we should have podcast managers that manage the full podcast process for each individual client. And I X date it because I didn't think we had enough bandwidth for that. And now we're back at the point where that's exactly what we need to do. And, you know, 
that was a great idea Lorena had. It just wasn't the time at the time, and now it's the time. And it probably maybe would have been the time there too, but I was nervous about making change. So just being okay to say like, okay, that didn't work out the way I wanted it to, and I'm okay to hit reset on that. Or I like, I that structure is not working, and I really thought it would, and I'm bummed about it, but that's okay because I'm going to hit reset. And being able to build, because that's the only way, like we need to be able to pivot quickly because otherwise, like in the agency model, like things move so fast. Like, you know, we have yet, we had one slow month last year, like, and the whole time I was like, oh my gosh, will I ever make another dollar? But at the same time, like really knowing your own business and being able to like constantly pivot is important. So when was it time to start an agency was the question. You know, it's really about volume of work. It's really about trying to figure out what you're good at, what you need to be doing, figuring out your profits, like working with the fractional CFO, someone who I can't recommend enough is Stacey Millard. Stacey's fabulous at, at her work and I'll leave a link for her Instagram below. But you know, if you are struggling with not knowing exactly what your numbers could look like or how to scale your business, she's amazing. But really taking into account, like you might not need an agency. And that's also fine, you know, and that if you're going to scale your business and you don't have people who are going to be working for you, scaling it could look different. Your prices need to go up. Like there's different things you can do to scale it that aren't necessarily hiring a ton of people to do the work like on behalf of you. So also agencies have their things, right? Like there is like a majority of my time is spent managing little pieces that come up, things, projects, right? And that's something that I'm continuing to work on and continuing to develop my time around, but like knowing the fact that like you can start slow, you can hire people. It might not work out telling people it's a trial, telling people you're working through things is important and try and figure that out with them. So I hope that's helpful. Uh, thank you to the person who asked that question. I hope this was a helpful episode for you and for anyone listening as, as we continue to learn, I, I always want to share any learnings that we have. And so if you have any questions or if there's ever anything that we can answer, please, please, please shoot us a DM, share this in your story. Let me know what you're thinking. It would mean the absolute world to me. And if you're scaling a business, good luck. It's not for the faint of heart. And I'm just so excited for what you're doing and kind of what's on your heart. So hope you have an amazing day. Thanks so much for listening to the Build Your Digital Community Podcast. If you loved the episode, please don't forget to rate us and leave us a review. Now, we'd love for you to be a part of our digital community. Text JOIN to 855-908-4688 to join our text list for exclusive social media tips or DM us on Instagram at The Social Snippet, letting us know what you loved about the episode. Keep on building community and to this and so, so much more. 